I am really looking forward to visiting with today's guest. He started with one of my favorite companies at the age of 28, and by the age of 32, he was CEO. The company I'm talking about is Porsche. He took that company from the brink of collapse to record growth in just a few short years, and he duplicated those efforts, becoming CEO of BMW. Today, he's going to share his secrets with us on how he transformed those companies and the ideas that he implemented that revolved around teamwork. These ideas can be used in your own family situation as well as at your own job and your own business. So it's with great pleasure that I welcome Kevin Gaskill. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Nice to be talking to you. Hey, it's great to have you on board. I had heard you speak at a conference. It's actually an international conference, which is attended by about 8,000 people from throughout the world. And I was very inspired by your story. I'd like to get right into it. What is the job specification of a corporate leader? What do you perceive that to be? I perceive that to be to create the culture and the atmosphere that allows everybody in the team to contribute to the growth of the business or the team or whatever the particular group is that they are concerned with. So my job as a corporate leader is to make sure we have a clarity of vision, that we understand what the plan is, where we are going, and then make it easy for people to contribute. So how does a leader do that, create that positive corporate culture and drive that business to success? You know, I work on the basis that if you can't explain your business plan on one page, then it's too complicated. So what I do in a business is I sit with a team, and this is not just a senior team. I'll sit with a team, and we'll talk about what does success look like. When we are successful, how will it be? And we try to describe it in 360 degrees. So it's what will it look like? What will it sound like? How will we feel when we are a high-performing team? And what is it that we're setting out to achieve? And we create that vision of success. We actually write it down, and we try to describe in simple words what that success looks like. And then underneath that, we build our plan. And our plan is very simple. It's typically five or six blocks of activity. No more than that because it gets too complicated. And within each one of those blocks of activity, we discuss what are we going to do in IT? What are we going to do in sales? What are we going to do in marketing? What are we going to do in finance, for example? And we actually sit and discuss it. The answer is typically with the team. The team know. The team know what they want to achieve. And my job is to encourage them, to provoke them to dream. It's to say, you know what, guys, take the boundaries away. Imagine there are no boundaries. Imagine you can do anything you want to do. How far can you push this dream? I clearly believe that successful business people are dreamers. Every successful business person I've ever met is a dreamer. They dream about what that success can be. And that's not to say that every dreamer is a successful business person because that's not the case. It is about turning that dream into action. That's what we do with our simple approach, a one-page business plan that we then share with the team. I've heard a lot of talks on this topic, and my wife and I were just talking about this recently, and they're talking about the hierarchy structure. You've got a leader where it's more like dominating over the rest mm-hmm. of the people, and you don't get those ideas to flourish upward because of this hierarchy. She was reading somewhere that was actually created, I think it was in the days of Napoleon, and it's actually a military structure of how you keep everybody in line. But we really see that with the internet and people even working from home and things are evolving where you don't have those barriers. And that's really what you're kind of talking about is everybody working together instead of reporting up to one person. It's allowing those ideas to flourish. Is that true? That is absolutely true. The phrase I use is to create leaders at every level. Because if I work in a car company, the guys building the cars know how to do it far better than I. So let me not try to tell them. I might be the CEO, but don't try and tell them how to do it. Really what I want to do is be asking them how to do it, to be asking them where we can improve, to invite them to 
make the contribution that transforms the business. I joined BMW when we had a quite an interesting plan, which was to grow at uh, single-figure percentages for the next five years. Actually, what we did was we grew at 500% in four years. And that was just by engaging the people in the team. It was by saying, here's what success looks like. How can you contribute to that? What can you do differently? And I'll let you do whatever you want to do as long as it contributes to that plan. And then people get motivated because they feel that they can see where they're making a difference. That's incredible. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, what I'd like to talk about, you shared a story of a gentleman that transformed a garden that worked with you. I'd like you to share that story when we come back. If you want more information on this program from your Real Wealth Professional, just click the More Information button so they know to contact you. Welcome back as we continue to visit with Kevin Gaskell, who definitely has a positive resume taking companies like Porsche and BMW to new heights that they haven't seen by working as a leader that engages people instead of a leader that dictates to people, and you've had some great success. You had a gentleman that you knew that came to you with the vision, a garden center that had kind of got let go and was in disrepair, and he had this vision, and he came to you. Share with our listeners that story. Well, I knew Ryan when he was 15. Ryan was my gardener. He used to come and cut my grass, and we'd talk. Ryan was a very interesting guy. Obviously, very, very bright, with great vision we wanted to achieve, but acutely dyslexic. He struggled to read and write. Now, he now describes himself as gifted with dyslexia. He believes it allows him to think in a different way. And he came to me and said, Kev, I want to create the best gardening destination in the UK. And here's what it looks like. And we would sit over a cup of tea, and we would talk it through, and he would explain his ideas and his concepts. And I said to him, Brian, when the time is right, when you're ready, I'll back you. I'll invest in you. I'll support you to achieve that dream. And he came to me about three years ago. I said, I found it. I found a failed garden center. It's a wonderful destination. It's a Victorian walled garden. It is nearby one of the principal sites for the London Olympics. And here's what we can do with it. I was captivated by his vision, by his belief, by the fact that this was a failed business with a team of people who were terrified. They were all going to lose their jobs. This business was going to go under. And we sat down with the team and we talked to them about what this business could really be. And they knew. They had a vision of what this business could be. They knew that there was a demand for premium products. They knew there was a demand for a great restaurant on the site. They knew there was a demand for wonderful plants, for landscaping. And so we created our one-page business plan. And Ryan led it. I held his hand for the first 12 months and we walked it through. But he led it. That's now three years old. That business has transformed. Revenues have increased by about 150%. It's just won a prize as one of the top 25 gourmet garden centers and restaurants in Britain. And this is all on the vision of this guy and creating the framework where he could contribute. And that's what we did. We created that framework. He encouraged the team. He invited the team. Look at it now. It's a beautiful place. It's called Dawny Court Kitchen Garden, dckg.co.uk. And your listeners can go and have a look and see the wonderful photographs of what's very special about it. I personally checked that out after your talk, and it just looks beautiful. It's definitely on my list of places to go when I get a chance to visit England, that's for sure. Why don't you also share with us, I know you do speaking around the world. If some organization wanted to have you come in and speak, how would they get a hold of you? I would just go to my website, which is www.kevingaskell.com and just send me an email, and I'd be delighted. Yes, I speak all over the world now. And it's great fun because what I talk about is how do you do this stuff practically? You know, 
I'm not a theorist. I've built businesses. I created a business which fortunately was bought for about $250 million, and we created that from an idea. It was four guys with an idea. It transformed the auto leasing business in the UK, and now it's a huge business. But it was about dreaming. It was about believing that this funny thing called the internet could actually transform businesses, and that's what we did. And it's been great fun. And those are the kind of ideas and lessons that I share with people. And you know what? We haven't got it always right. We have made mistakes along the way, and I share those as well. The naivety of going to big financial institutions and asking for a million pounds and being left out of the door when we thought a million pounds was a lot of money and they thought they wouldn't get out of bed for it. Well, you learn quickly, you know, so it's been a journey. I love to share these stories with people because anybody can do this stuff. Anybody can take this stuff. When I speak, I show pictures of the actual tools we've used in the business, the ideas walls that we've used to captivate everyone in the business and invite them to contribute. The simple processes of not working to a three-year plan, but working to a thousand-day plan. Because you know what? Thousand-day plan, count every day. Count every day and make every day count. It just transforms the rate at which people look to make change. Stop talking in years, talk in days. It accelerates the business. I say the heart rate of the business goes up. We've really seen that work well in, in a number of businesses. Talk a little bit about that idea wall. I implemented that after hearing your talk and uh, <laughs> thought that was excellent. So we create our one-page business plan. We've discussed it with the whole team, and we explain to the whole team what we came up with, and then we put it on the wall, and it's not secret. I'll share it with anybody. I'll share it with my suppliers, with my customers, with anybody who visits the business. You can come and look at our business plan, because you know the funny thing is, they say everybody's 5% genius. Well, my suppliers are 5% genius. My customers are 5% genius, and they have their own ideas, and then they start contributing. And the way that we capture that is we put a huge sheet of paper on the wall, and we say, you can put any idea you like on there. Just put it on this yellow sticky paper, put it on there. And then we hold our management meeting standing in front of that wall. And we invite the staff up to come and talk with us. Come and talk with the board about your idea for changing this business. And you know, it has an enormous effect on people because you're listening to them. It's not about giving somebody $100 for an idea. It's about saying, you're going to help us to create something truly special. Come and talk to the chief exec on the board about what that means. It transforms the way that people feel about making their contribution because they see that we're taking it seriously. We move these ideas across the board, we discuss them, we prioritize them, we group them into projects, and then we invite somebody to run the project. And it's not a senior manager. It can be a junior manager or it can be a member of staff or it can be anybody. If they are the person with the skill set, we say, right, you run that one. You run that. Now, of course, we have project management tools behind that. Yes, we do. But we teach people to use them. So people who wouldn't normally um, believe that they could run with project management tools, we actually teach them. And of course, they get motivated by that because they're growing and developing. And so what I've found in business is it becomes a virtuous circle. People get excited by it. They feel they're making a difference. And so they want to make more of a difference. Now tell us, what advice would you share for someone who may not be in a position of authority at their company? How would they try to fit this in? Or is that pretty difficult to do if the leadership has the old guard mindset of dictating everything to the employees, what would you say to those employees to try to get them to change to more of a encompassing philosophy where you take advantage of everybody's talents and let them come up the food chain, so to speak? It is about recognizing that change happens in small areas. So it doesn't matter if it's a team of two or three in an office or a team in a warehouse or a team on a van or a team here, there, anyway. It doesn't matter. You start working out how you can improve your particular area and people will notice. And any manager who then fails to recognize the improvement in contribution, frankly, shouldn't be in the role of manager. 
one of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is walking around my businesses, talking to the teams and encouraging them to make the changes. And you know what? Sometimes it goes wrong. Absolutely sometimes it goes wrong. But it's not the end of the world because what we're doing is we're always moving towards this plan. And if it goes a little bit wrong, we take a step back, we ask ourselves where it went wrong and we move forward again. And I encourage the management team to listen to the troops, listen to the people who are doing the job. And again, it's what I started this interview by saying. It's about creating a culture where people feel that they can contribute. That's my job, create that culture. And ultimately, if management don't want to create that culture, then they don't belong in the team. And you know what? I invite people in, I invite people out. Sometimes you have to make very difficult decisions. But it is about building the business for the sake of the majority of the team and for the improvement in value for shareholders. Never lose sight of that. Yes, I let people go occasionally. I always do it nicely. We sit down and we talk about it. And I invite them to go and do something else that's more in keeping with what their particular objectives are. Because if they're not comfortable where we are, what is it you actually want to do? And can I help you to achieve that? I have friends around various industries who didn't want to work in the businesses I was in. So I help them into another business. It doesn't need to be a conflict situation. It's about recognizing transfer people in, transfer people out. We have a few minutes left, and what I'd like to do is take a trip down memory lane. You were named CEO of Porsche at age 32, which had to be pretty incredible. Recently, I had a friend of mine. We have a track not too far from where my office is, and he's got a Porsche. He took me around the track. It was one of the most exhilarating things I've ever done. (laughs) I'm a little bit older than 32, and I can't imagine at that age running one of the premier sports car companies But it wasn't so premier at the time you took it over. Share with our audience what that was like at 32 and how you got in that position and what it was like running one of the most awesome sports car companies. Well, the trouble is the company had got itself into strategic difficulties. It didn't have a plan. It didn't have a product plan. I'd been in the company for five years and I was kind of despairing that this great business was losing its way. I could see things were getting worse and worse and nobody was making the tough decisions. Nobody was turning down production. Nobody was actually taking the view that we need to invest in new products. And then the CEO was fired. I was invited into the boardroom. I was, by default, I was kind of, kind of second in command in the company, only because I was getting stuff done and people were deferring to me. I wasn't officially in that position. And I thought, this is so unfair. I'm 32 years old. I've got two young kids. I can't afford my mortgage, and I've got to get fired here. I've got to go home and tell my wife, sorry, love, I don't quite know what we're going to do. So I thought, well, I'm going to go down fighting. So the board asked me, and they started to give me a pretty tough time. And my response was, listen, guys, you should be embarrassed. You could see, like I can see, what's wrong with this business. And we had three years inventory. We had three years new cars built. Now, this was a ridiculous situation. And so I got quite punchy and explained to them that I felt that this is very fixable. And I had spent a lot of time previously thinking about how we would do this. And I walked in with my financial colleague, and we walked in for what we thought was going to be a 10-minute interview, and four hours later, we had explained to the holding company board exactly what we would have done if we'd been given a chance to fix this business, and we were asked to step outside, and then five minutes later, we were invited back in, and they said, right, you're the new finance director, you, Kevin, you're the new managing director, that's the plan, make it happen. Honestly, there's nobody more surprised than me. So we set to, and five years later, we'd taken a business that was losing 20% on sales and was number 31 out of 31 in terms of brand satisfaction. We couldn't get any lower, and we turned it into a business making 20% on sales, and number one 
two years in succession in brand satisfaction with the same team of people. That's what I always tell people. It wasn't about transferring in the management all-stars. It was about releasing and captivating the excitement and the energy of the people in the team and getting them focused on a single plan, and that's what we did. Kevin, that's just awesome. And I know most recently you were running a company, Fairline Yachts. They're a mega yacht company, and you were really brought in on a shoestring budget. And I know most of the boat shows, people bring their own wares in, their own demo products, and you didn't have a demo product to bring. But share with our audience what you did to make a splash in a big way at the first boat show that you had talked about. Sure. Well, the trouble was we didn't have any budget to build a new boat, to build a new product. And the industry revolves around new product. That's where the stories are. I said to the design team, how can we do this? Come on, guys. And they were a bit depressed because they hadn't had the chance to design a new boat for a couple of years. And these guys are designers. That's what they do. That's how they get excited. So I said, how can we do this? What can we do? I need to show a new product. I need to show a new idea. I need to show that Fairline has a future, that we know where we're going. I want you to have a think about how we can do that. And I'm going to just leave you to think about it. And To build a new boat is about probably close on $10 million for research and development and, and building the prototype, and probably of that order. And I went back to the guys a couple of days later and said, what do you think? And they said, well, what we think is this. We can't possibly create a physical prototype. But what we can do is computer graphics. And we've never done it before. It's been used in other industries. So what we can do is actually create, design a boat, but do it with 3D computer graphics, and then presented as if it's a real boat. So, okay. If it's computer graphics, that means it doesn't have to be real. And so some of the physical limitations that you have to have in a real boat go away. You know, you can make this thing fly to the moon if that's what you want to design it to do. Now, we didn't want to do that, but what we did want to do was make it very green. We talked about hybrid. We talked about performance. We talked about reuse of materials. And we created a concept, which was called Fairline Esprit, the spirit of Fairline. And the guys designed it in... 3D computer graphics, and the film was just astonishing. It was just amazing. And I have on my board a chap who owns Chris Craft, which is a big brand in America. And when we showed him the film, he said, wow, where did you build that boat? And I looked at him and smiled and said, that's not a real boat, Steve. That is just computer graphics. And it's got flags flying off it and all sorts of things. Very, very clever. So what we did was we said to our show stand staff, right, how do we create a different splash here? How do we do it differently? And there's always the argument that we're premium, we're prestige, we're a little bit aloof, we, we make it difficult for people to come and connect with us. So we said, right, take all the barriers away. Invite everybody on the stand. Let's give our staff the opportunity to talk about how they want to deal with people. And that's what we did again. So we invited the team to suggest how they would deal more easily and in a more friendly manner the people who came on the show stand and stop the issue about don't let children on the boats. Yeah, okay, the boat's $5 million, but so what? The kids are not going to break it. Invite them on. Give them something to dream about. And then underneath the stand, we built a little cinema and we showed this movie of this Esprit and it blew the market away. It absolutely blew the market away. We were lead story in the major magazines. We outsold our competitors two to one at the show. And this was just about thinking differently. And it's a, Dare to dream thing. Give people a chance to dream and do it differently. That's what we did. That was the result. That's just awesome. Well, I really appreciate you sharing, Kevin, and you've inspired me, and hopefully we've inspired countless others with your talk today. What's in your future right now? What's the next big challenge that you see? I know you've done a lot of things with hiking and mountain climbing and all that. What's the next challenge? Well, yeah, I've walked to the poles and I've climbed the biggest mountains in the world and I do all of that stuff for fun. I do it with my son, so I consider myself very lucky to do that. 
Next challenge is build an international speaker business, build an international training business, and help leaders understand how to really be leaders. I'm working with two guys. One is a world champion rugby player, so he's won the World Cup. He's actually played in the best teams in the world. And the other one is a guy who I have walked to the North and South Pole with. He's a special forces soldier, and we're calling it extreme leaders because we've all been extreme situations. How do we take the lessons? And what's clear when you talk to these guys is the parallels are extraordinary. We each have to have a vision. We each have to have our plan. We each need to encourage and involve all of our teams. And then by doing that, we can create astonishing success. And so that's where I'm focusing my efforts from now on. Again, for anybody in our audience that would like to tap into that, what's the best way to reach you? best way to reach me is www.kevingaskell.com. Send me an email. I'll be straight back to you. Well, thanks for joining us, Kevin. I look forward to having you back in the future. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us this week. And tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your Real Wealth Advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information would be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button.